Firstly, the outgoing Brazilian president, Jair Bolsonaro, has been working from the Trump playbook for a while now, hasn't he? Baselessly undermining the election process. When he lost the election a couple of weeks ago, we were wondering at the time, weren't we, if the next chapter would look anything like the January the 6th attack in America, those scenes of violence at the Capitol building. Well, overnight last night, we got our answer to that, in part. Supporters of Bolsonaro tried to attack the headquarters of a federal police um, a federal police in Brasilia. Uh, John Bonfiglio is our man in Latin America and joins us from there tonight. John, good evening. Good evening, Daryl. There is an arrest at the centre of these uh, specific protests uh, and, and this specific attack, isn't there? John, just explain this to us. There is an arrest, but honestly, it could also be any spark which was uh, which could have caused this. Uh, I mean, we uh, we understand that it was the arrest of a Bolsonaro-supporting indigenous leader that, um, that has uh, caused this particular event to take place. But honestly, Bolsonaro supporters have been looking for this now uh, for the last few weeks. Uh, and actually, uh, in, other, in a series of other occasions which haven't reached the international news media, have also reacted in a militant way um, to, to proceedings. Uh, contextually, what's important to say is that Lula, uh, Ignacio de Lula da Silva, the 77-year-old ex-metal worker, was declared officially as the winner of the Brazilian election uh, today, and he is due to be formally invested on the 1st of January. So the transition hasn't fully taken place, and Bolsonaro supporters are for sure uh, doing everything in their power, not just to, to impede the transition, but also to call on the army um, and the police to also uh, to also step in and cast the election result uh, as as fraudulent. So that's currently uh, where we are in Brazil. Right. Okay. And so that's obviously that's obviously sort of uh, expressed itself in violence uh, last night. In, in in what other ways have that has that sort of effort to thwart the process been playing out? Uh, so the most obvious way it's been felt is, as you say the examples of what took place in the capital of Brasilia overnight, which has been declared by some individuals as something of a war zone, uh, bringing mass social disruption into play. And that's really been the modus operandi of Bolsonaro supporters. It's been uh, torching vehicles. It's been uh, uh, stopping uh, transit across mass highways and so on. So, so stopping the daily functionality from taking place uh, in Brazil, which has been felt right across uh, the region. Officially, uh, Bolsonaro has not concede a defeat. His party brought a challenge um, for the election result to be dismissed, but that was in and of itself also uh, cast aside. But he has also authorised the transition. So kind of mixed signals from the from the current president, who it is worth saying, it is, is still the president. Bolsonaro is still the president of Brazil for another couple of weeks. Whether I think there's, for sure you mentioned the Trump playbook. I think where there is a significant difference between what took place uh, in, in January uh, a couple of years ago on, uh, at the Capitol. And here is that here it's the supporters of Bolsonaro that are really rallying uh, the call for an intervention rather than the president himself. So that's something of a, of a flipped coin, if you like, uh, for the first time in terms of you know, Trump standing in front of his supporters and calling on them to, uh, to, to intervene. Here, actually, his supporters have been getting uh, relatively short shrift from Bolsonaro himself, which is unusual and certainly not anything that any of us predicted was going to take place. All right. Who, who are they, his supporters, and, and, and how do they organise themselves? Well, I think this is a really interesting uh, point because it speaks to the fracturing of our modern world. So actually, 
uh, one of the reasons why the Brazilian election was so difficult to call is because significant numbers of Brazilian voters were not uh, uh, were not identifying themselves as bolsonaristas. So it's also, I mean, there are some obvious ones, but it's also plenty of others that it's difficult uh, to pick out of the of the crowd. The obvious ones would be your sort of nationalistic, uh, right wing, um, neoliberal, uh, economic. Uh, groupings, but there are plenty of other people in and around you know, the whole of Brazil that actually resonate with some of the messaging that uh, Bolsonaro has always issued from you know, actually standard left of center uh, individuals to people who perhaps you know, lost their, their jobs, their economies and their industry. And of course, it's worth saying that Brazil in the last couple of years, not just for pandemic reasons, but also because of Ukraine, Russia, and so on, and a freefall in um, in the in the Brazilian economy has also led to to significant, you know, to, to a big economic gaping hole existing in Brazil. So those people also tend to ask uh, big questions about their role in the world, their place in the world, and Bolsonaro's messaging definitely you know scratches that itch. So I would say that the more the more militant. Uh, supporters of Bolsonaro are relatively easy to pick out of a um, of a crowd, but actually his his voting base is much harder and also um, spans the entire uh, uh, scale and reach of Brazilian uh, society. Again, worth remembering that this recent election, it's not as though Lula da Silva won hands down and it was a landslide. It was the tightest, uh, closest election in Brazilian history that Lula da Silva won by only 1.8% of the vote. So pretty close on Dane, one in every two Brazilians still supports Bolsonaro and thinks that he was absolutely right and his project uh, was the Brazilian project of the future. Right. Okay. Um, John, really, really fascinating insight into how those protests are playing out in Brazil. We'll keep an eye on that story and we'll return to it as that transition process continues and reaches its conclusion on the 1st of January. John Bonfinglio, our man in Latin America. Thank you, John. Really nice to talk to you tonight. Uh, not